When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to Humans of Speedway. And in this episode that's coming up, another chance to hear the Speedway Paradise, the dream meeting of Shane Parker. Before we get to that, though, just want to say thank you to everybody who listened to the previous two episodes that we released, the new ones, because they've had such a massive reaction, uh, completely dwarfs anything else that um, that I've done. And, and I want to say thank you to everybody who has listened and, and told their friends as well, which is really the, the main thing you can do to, to spread the word of Speedway more than any advertising campaign, more than anything else, is just tell your friends. If you know friends who, uh, who are Speedway fans, uh, check out the podcast, spread the word. That is the best thing that you can do. And um, it'd be amazing. And thanks to everybody who's done that in the past and hit subscribe. And, and if you leave us a review too, we're going to start giving uh, a little bit of a, a big up uh, in each episode to somebody who leaves a review. So you could have your fame uh, around the Speedway world, <laughs> which, uh, which would be very, very good. Um, as I make this episode, currently we're number four in the UK Apple Podcast Sports News Charts, which is uh, slightly ridiculous, but obviously it's great that there's a lot of people uh, in the UK in particular and, uh, and other countries as well. Hong Kong. We're massive in Hong Kong. So um, thank you to everybody who's downloaded and listened and um, make sure you stick with us into 2021 because there is some major stuff on the way. A few exciting changes, but um, if you subscribe, you get all the info Um as and when it all occurs and we can we can let you know what's happening right now onto this episode then um this was one that i did in july uh, this year think back to the summer um hooked up um with shane parker uh, he's back in adelaide now um but a legend of british speedway rode for ipswich kings lynn glasgow peterborough and finished his career at sheffield and he's got some amazing stories if you've not listened to the shane parker episode yet then please do because it's it's one of my favourites actually because he's just got so many great stories. Uh, well known as being a, an entertainer, a bit of a loose cannon in the world of Speedway. Naked Hot Laps was one of his things. Um, hear all about those stories and also the amazing story of how he, as he finished his career at Sheffield, he discovered his biological father, um, which had so many 
quirks of fate involving Glasgow and Australia that is really weird, really weird. But you can hear that story in the full episode, episode six, if you scroll down. But right now we're going to get to his Speedway Paradise, which is Shane Parker's dream meeting. Simple um, prospect. We do this with every guest that we have on and uh, ask them to come up with their dream meeting. And the questions are, what would be the track that you'd be racing on? Which stadium would that track be in? Your dream one to seven? A rule you would change? Who would be the referee? And um, the opposition as well, which has to be a solid actual team that existed to be the opposition, the ultimate team. So all that and more on the way as we hear the Speedway Paradise of Shane Parker. And as always, the first question on the Speedway Paradise feature is, which track would his dream meeting be raced on? Uh, based on purely the shape and the shale and the preparation of the track, nothing to do with the stadium, just purely the track, where would it be held? I've actually... I'm a bit undecided. I have two here, um, Kings Lynn and Birmingham. Now, okay. Buster Chapman was doing the track at Kings Lynn. Huggy, Huggy originally at Kings Lynn, and he used to pair it so grippy and so drivey. I absolutely loved it. And um, Birmingham, Alan Bridget was doing the track there. Uh, it was when it first uh, reopened again. And it was very similar dirt and very tacky and grippy again. So they're probably my two favourite tracks. I uh, was never, ever fond of any slick tracks. I uh, hated slick ones and loved the grippy ones. Like going fast. Yeah, well, it was a case of being a bad gator. I could never make starts real good. And um, at least at least when I um, missed the start on a grippy track, I had the opportunity to uh, pass riders. And I was a racer. I was never a gator. I, I suppose you've got to be at least one or the other, haven't you? Yeah, well, true. You know, I think a lot of the Danes <laughs> are very good on the slick tracks. I don't know why it is, possibly because they grow up on slick tracks and that's how they learn to ride. So um, back here in Australia, when I was growing up, it was we used to race on car tracks with concrete fences and they were always grippy. So, uh, yeah, I guess it's just what I grew up with. <laughs> that sounds really romantic, a cart track with a concrete fence, yeah, well, fully compliant with health and safety. Yeah, there was no such thing as health <laughs> and safety growing up over here in Speedway. It was, um, we, you know, unfortunately we don't race on them tracks now, but fortunately we don't either. It's sort of catch-22 there because there's not many tracks we can ride on over here now that are sole bike tracks and... Um, yeah, it's it's a lack of opportunity, but on the other hand, it was pretty dangerous, and um, you didn't want to make any mistakes with, with them concrete fences, that's for sure. But all the Aussies <laughs> grew up doing that. It was just as what we knew. I mean, riders probably rode within themselves, I think, back then, whereas nowadays, with an air fence, um, you can see that riders just put so much on the line, and they they I guess they kind of know there's a safety fence there, but, geez, it's... Um, they put so much more on the line now with the air fences than they used to before the, them air fences. Air fences, obviously. I know, I know that um, Chris Holder had a really bad um, crash, didn't he, when he slipped underneath one. But have have they really then, as you're saying, they're softened up or increased the risks, I suppose, to or riders taking extra risks knowing that there is that safety net? I think the riders take extra risk knowing there's a safety net there. Um, I think some of the air fences are good. And then there's some cheaper ones that aren't as good. Um, I think they can be, the air fences aren't the be all and end all. I think they can be improved on. Um, and I don't think they've been improved on for quite a few years. It would 
be good to see a bit more uh, improvement on them. I don't know if riders are still um, having the problem with bikes hitting the fences and lifting up air fences and riders going under them. But um, back when I was racing, that, that was a big problem. Um, claimed a couple of really good riders, some nasty injuries. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's an added bonus, but you can build on that and you can't just sort of say, well, you know, we've got air fences now and that's enough. You know, they can make them better and improve. And moving on then to the, the stadium that you'd put your ideal track, which is a, a merge together of Kingsland and Birmingham. It's a no-brainer. So, it's got to be go Wembley. On. Yes, the old Wembley. Yep, 100%. Twin Towers. 1981? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get on to your all-time team then. I think this is the bit that everybody looks forward to the most. Who would be in your all-time one to seven? Over to you. I've got Bruce Penhall. It is 1981 at Wembley. Sorry? He won it. He did, yes. And he was one of the older professionals, I think. I sort of always looked up to Bruce and admired him. Um, the two Morans as one rider. Sean and Kelly put into one rider. Imagine that. Wow, so you're sort of turning into a, a Speedway Frankenstein. Yes, yes. Oh, I mean, yeah. both of them were a talent. So I think if you could combine both Morans, that, that would be a, a phenomenal rider. Um, the next two I've picked are down to um, my experience with team riding with them and being great team riders. Um, firstly, that's Chris Louie, who I mentioned earlier. And secondly, me Glasgow days as uh, we went through a load of five ones with me and James Greaves. Um, so Greaves is one of them. And the next one's a really good mate of mine and a superb grass track long tracker is Joe Screen. Um, oh, Mr. Yes. Entertainer, if if anybody is, is he's definitely one of them. And he likes a wheelie. Yeah, loves a wheelie. And there's not too many people you can see go around the whole whole lap on the back wheel. So uh, that's something I've never <laughs> been able to do. And I love me wheelies. So uh, no, Screeny would be there with us. And um, one other rider who's unfortunately got injured in the sport in 1990, and that's Eric Gunderson. Um, some guy that un unfortunately didn't fulfill his full potential. So um, I'd love to see him there. And the final, last but not least, is a superb Australian back in the day, is Jack Young. There's my pick. Some interesting picks there because, you know, it's not like going for the obvious world champions and, and so on, like James Greaves. And no, no, good good team riders. And, so, you know, people yeah. I remember as... as um, Back in the day, yeah, that's that's my favourite seven. So when I was growing up, um, I was um, a Bradford fan, um, a Halifax fan, and uh, obviously that's where Eric got injured. And I wasn't at that meeting, but I do remember seeing Eric ride round that track, and um, he was just unbeatable. Him and Hans Nielsen were always kind of you knew when they arrived with their respective teams that it was going to be a tough night yeah yeah and Bradford was such a great track to watch him ride at too you know I, I think it was actually might have been 89 Eric crash not 90 um the world final was there in 90 in Bradford weren't it so that's uh, right that was Pear Jonsson won that yes yeah correct and Todd Wiltshire was second uh third sorry but yeah well that was my first year in the UK um and my first world final I'd ever seen and gee what a world final it was it um Memories there, definitely. It was Todd Wilch's first world final too, and to finish third was uh, a super effort. That's a, another rider I look up to a lot. Um, reason being, I look up to Todd Wiltshire. He was the immaculate starter. If anybody could gate, it was Todd. And there's talk of Bradford coming back, by the way, as well. That's uh... Oh, 
I, I seen a couple of crossed. photos of Bradford a while back, and it looked like the track. They built a big um, club rooms or something over the uh, third and fourth corner, and I thought, oh, there's no hope of Bradford returning, but uh, that's good news if it is. Let's hope so. Yeah, they reckon they can still ride. Yeah, cool. Um, cool. The the rugby, but it's it's disused at the minute. I think um, um, so, I think the Ham's yeah. done a done a the Ham brothers done a great great lot for Bradford. You know, they put on a good show there, and they always had good riders in the Bradford team. Bradford team was always very hard. When you went there, it was pretty daunting. Yeah. Yeah, a big uh, stadium as well, isn't it? Oh yes, yeah, it was. It was a great stadium to race in, and um, you know, with the banking on the corners as well, it was. Always love a track with a bit of banking. You get a flat track, it's not as exciting and the racing's not as good, but track with a bit of banking, you can have a go and there's passing and makes for good racing. Okay then, so moving on uh, with your fantasy meeting then, we've got we've got the riders sorted. Who's going to be the referee, do you think? Uh, this is not going to be the referee, and that's Frank Ebden, okay? Reason being was like, um, he was very quick on the two-minute button bikes would still be on the track and the two minutes would be on so like coming in from the well, race would be finished they still wouldn't be off the track bang the two minutes would be on and uh i remember frank getting a meeting finished in just over an hour one night so um yeah no it was all <laughs> a bit hustle and bustle with frank but um hard to say modern modern of my era when i was riding probably the fairest referee Tony Still or Jim Lawrence, possibly, I think. Um, Paul Ackroyd. Paul Ackroyd was always reasonable. So probably out of them three, I think, mate. Yeah, Tony Steele has had um, a few mentions. Yeah, I imagine yeah. he would. He's very yeah. approachable and you can talk to him and he explains himself. And at the end of the day, riders, they get excluded or get put out of a race. It can cost them a lot of money and they've got a lot of frustration to vent, you know, and... Tony always approached that really well and, um, you know, he was all, always calm and collected about it and um, told his side of the story to the rider. And more than not, the riders would understand where he was coming from and agree with him. So that's probably why a lot of people pick, pick Tony, I think. Is that the thing when you see riders getting on the phone to, to the referee after they've been excluded? Is that more for an explanation as to why? Because you've I've never seen a a referee really overturn a decision no and more than often you're completely wasting your time getting on the phone to a referee but i, I think more than not it is just that frustrating frustration and wanting to know why he done it to you only if you think you were in the wrong if you're in the right sorry so um yeah it was um to have it explained to you i think it sort of calms you down a little bit you can see it from his perspective but um yeah i, I guess that's the side of it do you wish that the, maybe TV and things like that will be used a little bit more now? One hundred percent, without a doubt. I mean, if it's there and available, why not use it? Because, um, like I say, it can cost riders money. And if they're harshly, you know, if they're sort of nipped at the gate, and there's obvious proof that 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 they they won the race and um, video replays, there you got to use it. I think. I mean. Sometimes it might be a bit um, poor quality and not real good, but um, yeah, no, definitely. I think you got, like I said earlier, you got to move with the times, and I think uh, video replays for referee would be a good step forward. Um, one thing I've suggested over here in Australia, which hasn't been taken on board, um, is to have two referees at the meeting. You have one on the infield and one in the box. 
the one in the box is in control, but he's got another person or another referee to to get a second opinion off, or or he might the second referee might see something that the first one didn't. There's there's no way in the world a referee can watch four riders spread out over four laps all at one time. So he's going to miss referees are going to miss things from time to time. So um, yeah, I think two referees would help and video replays would help. And I suppose there's a big difference in each track as to where the referees sat as well. Yeah, there's some tracks too um, where you can't actually see the tapes very well from the referee's box, you know, and like riders touching the tapes, it could be a guess. And um, there's there's instances like that. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, um, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, referees are in the worst position possible. They can't do the right thing. They can't do the wrong thing. No matter what they do is right or wrong in somebody's eyes. So um, it's a tough job. I, I admire them for what they've done. Um, always tried to get along with them and be as friendly as I could to all of them <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, but no, it's, um, there was referees you liked, referees you didn't like. That's part of the sport, you know. Um, it's like riders. You, you get dished up by a rider. You, you put that rider in the black book and referee excludes you and it wasn't your fault. You, you remember that referee in the future, you know. But um, at the end of the day, you, you wouldn't have the sport if it weren't for the referees. So, um, yeah, it's, um, you know, you've got to respect them at the end of the day. On the subject of the, the, the laws of Speedway then, if you were in charge of the rule book for, for just a day, what would you change? No work visas for Australian Speedway riders. I mean, Sam Masters got put out for a year. He was stuck over here and couldn't get over there. There's been other riders in the past too, you know. Um, work permits have created a lot of headaches for a lot of Australians over over the years. I remember when I first went over, I was very lucky because my biological mother was born in the UK, so I had patriality. Um, but I remember a rider from Queensland, Tony Rose, he um, hopped on a plane, flew all the way over to the UK and sat in the airport and didn't have a visa and they put him back on the next plane and turned around and come home and that was the end of his, his British career. So uh, there's been issues in the past and there is issues now. So it's just sad in a way that we're a Commonwealth country and we've got to apply for a work permit. But um, they're the rules, I guess. That's what the British Home Office decide and that's how it goes. And the final question then, we've got this meeting with uh, the perfect lineup for your team, the perfect location. Who is going to be the opposition? And this is any complete team from history. Well, I've kind of... Could I pick a World Team Cup team? Go on then. It's, it's only four riders I know and a reserve, so it's five. But I reckon the Australian World Team Cup team in 2001 and 2002, they were pretty shit off. And who was in that team? Uh, in that team was, oh, you push me here, um, <laughs> Crumpy, Todd Wiltshire, Ryan Sullivan, Jason Lyons and Lee Adams. Yeah, I, I would love to see that team against all the others. We might have to add a couple of other Aussie ring-ins maybe, I reckon. Maybe oh, you Phil, could join Phil, in. Phil, Phil Crump and um, Billy Sanders would top the cake, I reckon. <laughs> Sounds like a fantastic lineup to me and um, thanks for uh, putting together your, your Speedway Paradise and Thanks for joining us, Shane, and giving up a bit of your evening. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you very much. And um, I hope I don't bore too many people with this podcast. Cheers. 
and that is the Speedway Paradise of Shane Parker. Now, if you enjoyed that 15 minutes or so, there's another 45 minutes of Shane Parker, and that is episode six back from July early this year. So if you've not heard it, please do check that out because it's it's a great listen. Some fascinating stories, such a character of the sport got up to so many antics and um, you can take a listen to it it's 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 a nice uh, listen one of my favorites I think from this year in fact that I think that it's like picking between your kids isn't it and um, they're all my favorites but they've all got different things about them but Shane uh, was uh, was a good character to, to be chatting to earlier this year so please check that out episode six don't forget to leave us a review if you don't mind uh, that'd be great because the thing we can do with that is we can give you a mention. We can, we can it's like reading out, uh, you know, messages and, and, and fan mail from the olden days. So you can do that on your podcast app of choice or indeed on the app Podchaser. Uh, you can leave a review on there and uh, we will find that too. So that's all got to be good. Hopefully we will speak to you before the end of the year, if not before Christmas. Um, fingers crossed. Uh, if not, we'll catch you in January. But thanks for all your support this year. It's been an amazing year uh, of, of getting this podcast uh, up and running, which it wasn't really a lockdown plan. It was, it was something I was always going to do. I, I won't deny that lockdown certainly helped, but um, it's been fantastic. And thanks to everybody who's supported the podcast in whatever way. It's really appreciated. And um, it's uh, going to go from strength to strength next year. I can tell you um, some great things on the way on uh, Humans of Speedway. Take care and speak soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.